Blondes with glasses, they can't sing. Blondes with glasses, let's do this podcast thing. Hi, Shannon. Hi, Becca. Oh boy, it's been so long since we've done one of these. Look at us. For, oh. for our, I know that we've got we got hundreds of thousands of messages saying, where were you last week? I know. Everyone it's... was so concerned. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah we should probably explain our absence which yes. was we're both busy yeah and i was out of town too yeah you're constantly out of town like oh my god i feel god, like I, I'm out of town I, a lot last year i used to be the trend like the jet setter uh-huh. like, broad <laughs> cool girl and now it has moved into a world of like becca lives this crazy life uh-huh. where every weekend she's on a plane <laughs> oh god i've been flying so much that i i literally sprung for the tsa pre-check because I was like, well, I fly every three days. So literally that... I'm flying next Thursday <laughs> to San Francisco for Thanksgiving. Oh, God. <sighs> what has happened Yeah, I was to talking us? to my, my dog walking boss. And I was like, I was going to tell you that I was going to take more regular clients. But I'm going out of town so much. And he's like, I saw on the schedule. Because <laughs> <laughs> literally in the month of November, I think I'm here a total of a week. Like, and the rest of the time insane. I'm out of town. Hmm. All right, so we're going to blame it 100% on you, yep. even though I am constantly at school and not texting anybody I know, yeah. slash, you have, I you haven't, have, talked, well, you have haven't like talked to my family three in so days. long. You have three days a week that are available, and they have to line up with my days of the week, yeah. and I work weekends. Oh, boy. Yeah. But that's, well, you I know, get, The moral of the story is life is hard, whatever. Yeah. Life is <laughs> Everybody hard, get knows a Life is tough. Get a helmet. That is the quote. Uh, speaking of life is hard, my car is in the in the shop again, mm-hmm. and I needed to tell you that I think every mechanic I've ever had has either been incompetent or lying to me, and yes. either one is such a bummer to think about. Yeah, and I mean, before we started recording, we were talking about you buying a new car and yeah. stuff, and I I think you should just be prepared for the fact that like if you buy a used car, you're going to run into the used car exactly. salesman, which is the same trope, should we say. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I have the like USAA, my bank, they have this car buying service that you can go through where they like have mm. these certified dealers and they get you like all of these discounts before you even walk in the door sort of thing and you walk in with your little sheet it's like hello i shopped on usaa first and they're like okay you know business (laughs) (laughs) so hopefully that helps me but oh god i just the idea i'm just so mad because every time i go into a mechanic which is like once a month now Mm -hmm. they say something like well the last guy you went to didn't tighten this thing or whatever or, you yeah. know, they, they're like, well, there was a pro- there is a problem with your brakes, and it's this. And then the next guy, they say, oh, well, it looks like the problem with your brakes is this. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, why didn't the last guy see that? Or, it, like, I just, it just feels like it's just this never-ending cycle of, of sadness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it just bums me yeah. out. I get where you're coming from, for sure. But I'm glad that you tried to use the bus, and I'm I mean, I all for it. using the bus. Yeah, the I, bus is great. I walked so much last night because I, I my dog visit took like three minutes longer than the interval between buses so then the next <laughs> one was half an hour later and so I was like well I'll just walk to the next stop that'll kill some time and you know I'll keep going I'll walk to the next stop and I walked probably a good mile and then 
I kept checking on the little bus stop, like the times when the bus was going to come. And every single bus stop had the same time. <laughs> so I was like, wait a second, what's going on here? <laughs> like the bus stop that was a 10 minute walk back that way said yep. 8.53. And this one says 8.53 and it's five <laughs> bus stops later. What's happening? Like when will the bus actually show up? So mm-hmm. that was a fun little guessing game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, well, since you've been out of my life for so long, I don't think I ever told you about my experience when I went to the male barber shop mm. in town to get my hair cut. How was that? I'm terrified of doing that. It was terrifying. I walked into my little village. I walked by. I saw there were men inside getting the haircut, and I said, no. And then I, <laughs> I kept walking, and then I walked back around to walk by again, and there were still men inside, so I was like, I'll go to the grocery store. So I went to the grocery store, did all my shopping, came home, ate lunch, <laughs> then I went, I was like, I have to go get a haircut. I look ridiculous. So I went back out. I walked by again on the other side of the street. I saw there were men inside, and I was like, this is it. I'm just gonna go in. And so I went in, and I was like, I just need a buzz, whatever. And they were like, okay and (laughs) my barber didn't talk to me at all and they they have um they are not as delicate with you as uh, I would say they are when you go get your hair cut by women because it was just like a lot of blunt fingertips like pushing your head around you know to use the razor and stuff and it looks great (laughs) yeah um, and it was so cheap that I will never Mm. go back to getting hair cut from like a salon or whatever but it was scary well you know i thought i was gonna switch to that barber shop that we tried when you were visiting me and mm-hmm. that guy did a terrible job one side was shorter than the other side and i thought oh really well, oh. this guy can't do a basic literally just like please trim this using a setting on the trimmer <laughs> and it was like <laughs> half an hour later and it didn't look great because yeah. i found out there's a location really close to me of that place but i'm still gonna stick with my my lady at the hair at the nail salon <laughs> yeah well maybe the other location's better yeah. i would always maybe he, was, maybe he was just a dud but i hate the yeah. idea of going through a bunch of duds to find the the winner you know yeah because I, I do i do trust the lady she went a little crazy a couple times ago but she's <laughs> i trust her now yeah i think once you build up sort of like a memory of what it should look like they yeah. they get it you yeah know? also how many people's haircut do they cut in a month (laughs) so it's not like they remember exactly what they did the last time yeah yeah I was like well I have a vivid image like (laughs) (laughs) maybe they should like take photographs at the end of every cut and be like you like maybe you should take a photograph at the end but every time I do to like send it to you or Julie or something it looks Mm -hmm. awful like my my face like I don't know how to take a selfie like I feel like we're the selfie generation or whatever and I never take a selfie because it looks like garbage every time yeah I have slowly started figuring it out because now that I have a significant other, I find myself sending more selfies than I mm-hmm. ever did ever before. So I bet if you go onto YouTube and you type in how to take a selfie, <laughs> there will be a million videos to teach you how to do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's all about the angles. Yeah, it's all about the all angles about. and holding the phone yeah. up at the right angle and having the, the right light. The phone has to be higher. You know, smizing higher. and falling Yeah, yeah. <laughs> smizing. Oh, my God. Um yeah, so that segues perfectly into our topic for this oh, week. Oh, God, does it, does it ever. 
Actually, it kind of does. Way to do our check-in. So, yeah. It kind of does because of the selfie generation, like, millennial stuff. Right, the trope and the, yeah, Yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking, have we talked about tropes before? No. Well, I feel like we've hit on a whole bunch of tropes. I think we talked about the strong female trope or whatever, the strong woman trope. But Yes. um, Do you want to, like, give a little intro? We should define what a trope is. Okay. Definitely. Some people might not know. I don't know that I could articulate it. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't have like the dictionary definition if there is such uh-huh. a thing. But I, I would say if I was defining a trope, I would say it's something that is a device used by media uh, again and again, reinforcing stereotypes. Usually, like mm-hmm. that's usually the end result is that it becomes a stereotype. Yeah, that's what I would call a trope. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely. It's like. And certain tropes can be super fun and I can never get enough of, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. Like, two people that are at odds with with each other get handcuffed together. Right, right. Solve a problem. Yeah. (laughs) Or, like, they have to fake being married to each other and then they acknowledge their true feelings or whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. stupid shit like that. Sometimes that just really works for me. And it is totally up to personal taste which tropes really work for you. But then there's also certain tropes that I just... They just drive me insane, and I think they should just be retired. And that's sort of what this yeah. topic is. Yeah, so we're going to talk about the ones that we think, personally, should be retired. Yes. So this might be very different than what the listeners yeah. at home might think. but might, I, These might totally work for you. You might love it. But yeah. personally, I, I if I never see them again, it'll be too soon. <laughs> yeah. And I do, I think we should say that there are a lot of, like, most of the things we watch could be defined as tropes like i everybody should go to tvtropes.com and just click on their favorite show and look mm-hmm. at every trope that exists within your show or just mm-hmm. click on a trope and then look at every show that has had that yeah. trope in it it i that's like the same thing as going down like the wikipedia hole right. where you just keep wikipediaing things on and on and on you can do that same thing with tvtropes.com and i've done that before and it's super fun yeah. <laughs> um yeah. Although you do have to avoid spoilers on there. They have a good system for it. Um, But, yeah, I think there are a lot of tropes that are really successful in certain TV shows. And they're not all bad, for sure. No, no. They they can be really good for a show sometimes. But at a certain point, ones can become so overused that it's Mm -hmm. just... You're not getting anything out of it at this point. Yeah. Or you're just... Meaningless. It's just... Okay, my first one, to me, is so annoying and almost almost never has a decent payoff, which is there's this confusing opening where you're thrown into the middle of, like, a fight or something between your main character and someone else, and you're like, wait, what? How'd that happen? And then fade to black 24 hours earlier or 72 hours earlier or whatever, and then the whole rest of the episode just plays out. And to me, I think they think, like, oh, it'll really grab them, and they'll be like, well, we gotta find out what happened. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, that opening is so clumsy and so stupid. It's like, oh, our main character is fighting a villain. Like, mm-hmm. that literally, it's a superhero show. Like, yes. Like, that will happen yeah. at the end of every episode. Like, I'm not super intrigued as to how that happened. You know? Like, yeah. just show me the episode. I don't know if you read my uh, recap from uh, The Flash this week, but that is exactly what happened uh-huh. on The Flash. I think that's what and made me was, think of this. <laughs> yeah, it was clunky because I literally went backwards to rewatch the previously on and the beginning to see if I had missed something, which I knew I hadn't. I was like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. I'm confused. And then they get to the part where they say, 
72 hours earlier. And then throughout the rest of the episode, all this stuff is happening and they're building to this moment. You're like, that's a red herring. I know that doesn't, that's not going to happen. Whatever, whatever. Because you already know the outcome because they have told you. That can work in some situations where you're like, oh, how do we get to that end point? Like if you, if you tease the ending, it's like, it's like, I don't know how we get there from here. But in a superhero show where the same thing happens every week, most of the time, that's not a great device to use. And they use that device on Flash and Arrow almost yeah. every week, it seems like. Yeah. They start with that opening. And it drives me insane because there's just no payoff for it. It's not no. satisfying in the least. And it just starts you off confused and annoyed, basically. Mm-hmm. There's very few times, honestly, where I think it really works effectively. And, and it's only certain shows can do it really well. And maybe if you start off something where it's like two people who are best friends or whatever or one's holding a gun at the other one that when it starts you're like Mm -hmm. how did they get to that point but even now like that I've seen that trope so many times that it's just not that intriguing to me I'd rather just see the story play out and and have the twist come instead of saying there's gonna be a twist later (laughs) yeah you know and I I think it's the same problem that Quantico is having which Mm. is it's not necessary. Uh-huh. Like, the story would be just as good if everything was set in the present. Yes. Or, you know? Yes. You don't need... Every show doesn't need these dumb flashbacks because mm-hmm. that just means, especially at the beginning of the show, that means that your hook at the start, your characterization of your people in the cast, is not good enough to hook people to watch the show. And right. that's that should tell you as a writer that you need to work on your characters right. and your writing and bringing everything to the front of the episode so that people continue to watch rather than throwing in something useless like that at the beginning and spoiling the rest of the episode. And most of the time I find I forget what that opening was. I, Mm -hmm. and it just, it it has just no effect. It's just, yeah, it seems so silly that they do it. And it, and yeah. And the more times you do it, the less effect it has. And, and, I just want... It's like an open letter to Flash and Arrow right now. <laughs> Although Arrow hasn't yeah. done it in a while, and honestly, they're really approving, and I'm very mm-hmm. happy about that. Um, but please, please stop. <laughs> please. <laughs> <laughs> I am trying to think of examples when they use that in comedy, and I can't quite think of examples, but I, I'm almost 100% sure there are some episodes of Parks and Rec that use that. Mm-hmm. Which, hmm. I think if it's used in comedy, would be a little bit better because there is a joke at the end there is a payoff at the end Mm -hmm. that sort of thing rather than just like building tension that is already going to be there yeah so i'd I'd like to go back and see if there's like some 30 rock episodes or stuff like that where you're like you you know for the rest of the episode that something cool is going to happen to get to that right yeah Yeah, and just if it's really interesting that opening if you're really like how in the world did they get to that point? If you're genuinely mm-hmm. interested in finding that out, then you've mm-hmm. done a good job with that opening, yeah. and that trope can be effective. It's just yeah. so often that it's just like, okay, he's finding a bad guy. That's mostly <laughs> what it is. It's like, oh, there's they're locked in a room or something. You know, like, it's always just like, it's like, oh, look, they're in danger. And it's like, yeah, like, this. That, I know what this show is. They're going to be in mm-hmm. danger by the end of the episode. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's not... It does not change my world at all, you know. Yeah. Well, the one I think that is number one on my list is the dumb dad trope. And that's because uh, I mm-hmm. I was raised by a stay-at-home dad. 
And any time it happened when we were watching TV ever, he would point it out and he'd say, there's another dumb dad. And the amount of times I heard that growing up was insane because you don't really, you don't notice it really until somebody like your dad who was doing a really good job points it out. And it extended to like commercials Mm -hmm. when we would watch commercial commercials and there's a dumb dad commercial. commercial. It happens all the time. Dads that can't clean up after their Uh kids. Dads that can't pump gas correctly. Like whatever it is, there is a dumb dad doing it. And, And I think that is the most damaging thing. Like if you think about Phil Dunphy in Modern Family mm. or like Tobias in Arrested Development. I just watched an episode of that yesterday. I was like, God, he's the worst. Like he's so <laughs> dumb. There are so many dads that just can't do anything. Yeah. They can't do their jobs. They can't take care of their kids. And it's, it's not funny, especially mm-hmm. like it's, it's usually used in comedy. And it's yeah. not funny because that like, accidentally leaving your child in the car like that happened to me when I was a kid okay yeah but you know what my mom did that yeah (laughs) that happens to everybody and what it does is it it sets up this incredibly low bar for dads in general in life and if they just aren't an idiot or they just show up on time for one thing they get like Mm -hmm. an award for dad of the year or something yeah yeah that's like all the dads in real life that have like learned to braid hair yes yes like oh my god unbelievable (laughs) call the presses oh my god (laughs) they can use a hair tie right like which is completely skipping over the fact that non-white parents have been braiding hair for generations (laughs) oh god yeah it's it's literally stuff like that like did you hear that Becky's dad showed up for the PTA meeting and it's Mm -hmm. like oh my god it's like Mm -hmm. that's just so sad because because they have such a low bar set to them by media you know and it's always this super schlubby useless guy with this super Mm. hot wife who is like anal and you know and and just cleans up after all this messes and basically just is shrill and yells at him again phil dumphy and claire dumphy from modern family and that trope is so overused like every (laughs) single sitcom that centers on a marriage is has them yeah that that trope like I dare you to find, like, five sitcom <laughs> sitcoms that focus on a marriage that don't have that yeah. trope, where the guy, where, first of all, their attractiveness levels do not match at all, <laughs> you know? <laughs> He's so much schlubbier than he than she is. She's always super hot. Yeah, I um, was just thinking about the guy that plays Jay from Modern Family. Yeah. And, like, they also fit that, and then uh, he also was in Married with Children, or Married with, what is that? That old yeah, Mary, 1980s Mary with show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was the same thing. And the wife was the woman from Smart House. And she was gorgeous yeah. and shrill. And, yeah. you know, and, and it, oh, God, it's so prevalent. Like, every, the, I was thinking, the only one I, I can think of off the top of my head that's not like that is Boy Meets World. Oh, yeah. Like, their dad was, oh, you know. He was, he was such a, a great dad. He worked at the grocery store and he opened his own business eventually. Mm-hmm. And, like, he was a great dad. Yeah. And, and he was also, like, a father figure to his friends and, yeah. and Sean. And, you know, like, when Sean got into the cult and he stepped in, he was like, step up, get off. We, Sean's our kid. And, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, and, he yeah. Was, and it was always a partnership with him and his wife. That was such a great yeah. portrayal of, yes. of a marriage. And yeah. it was so great because then, then 
his kid, you know, in the show, also had this really great yeah. marriage that actually lasted throughout the show, and they didn't they didn't use that relationship at any point really for like, will they or won't they? Like, will mm-hmm. you know, let's get them divorced and then back together and whatever. Like that show yeah. was so good about relationships. Mm-hmm. It was, and also about things like making a difference for the rest of the show. So it wasn't there. This is another one on my list I'm going to get into, which is the big reset button Mm. where at the end of the episode, everybody goes back to normal and everything. And in, in that, like there's season four or five when Corey cheats on Topanga and Mm. for, cause I just watched the Halloween episode and they're broken up in that Mm -hmm. episode. And I was like, Oh, I keep, I, I forgot. Like there was a whole season where they were, not together. Yeah. And it was, it destroyed their relationship for a long time. And they had to like, throughout a season, they had to rebuild all this trust. And like, it wasn't just like full house where at the end of the day, everybody's the same. Yeah. They're always the same. Yeah. It was, and it was interesting because it was the same type of show as shows like full house Mm -hmm. or big bang theory or whatever. It's, you know, a syndicated show where you can watch those episodes out of order and still enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, but, I just yeah. feel like Boy Meets World was really ahead of its time and yeah. just some quality yeah. television. Yeah, uh, but anyway, the big reset button is another one that was on my list. Yeah, I mean that would definitely be on mine as well, and especially because of all of the complaints we've had about Doctor Who recently and how. Yeah. And most of it is because he constantly would use the big reset button, and everything that you learned from that ep- from that whole episode, from the whole ordeal, is basically reset. And mm-hmm. you are left thinking, well, I watched this whole thing, so I feel like I experienced this, but now you're telling me that it didn't happen, or, yeah. you know, that these main characters don't remember it, or, you know, like, and then you have to, like, delete it from your brain, and you'd be like, well, yeah. that was useless to me. Yeah. I, I just have this really vivid memory of us when we were still in college, when we used to go to lecture hall on the weekend to watch Doctor Who on, yep. like, a giant screen. <laughs> And there was one episode where they had, it was definitely Matt Smith, where he had a reset button and Clara had, yep. I don't know, a whole bunch of people had died and we were livid. And yep. we, I think we just sat there in that lecture hall for like two, two hours. hours talking about it, <laughs> how we were he so upset. literally called it the big red button or the big reset yeah. button or something. It was literal, mm-hmm. a literal button. Mm-hmm. Like it was so ridiculous at that point where it was just like, oh, you guys don't care at all mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. just don't care about character development or moving you know or having the episodes all connected or anything like that you just you just want to oh god yeah yeah and I, I hate it I hate it when shows do that and and thank goodness I feel like fewer and fewer shows are doing that nowadays because yeah the you know everything needs to be serialized at this point so mm-hmm. yeah hopefully that's falling by the wayside yeah, I think it is. I think it which is. makes every time it's used seem really ridiculous. <laughs> you yeah, know, it seems like it's an old. It's like pulled from the past. Like mm-hmm. we're past that point. We don't need to do that anymore because people can have the ability to make better television now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else is on your list? Um, one of these is not really a trope, more as a joke. And mm-hmm. basically, I could never, I just don't want to hear this joke anymore, but I will hear it a thousand more times in the next five, ten years, which mm-hmm. is people being like, oh, well, I, I bought a record when I was a kid. 
for all you youngsters out there, a record is this oh, round disc. God. And basically, I think that's the dumbest joke in the whole world because it's just so annoying to me. Like, the idea that because we don't currently use, like, records or CDs or whatever or mm -hmm. something like that, you know, or car phones or whatever, the idea that we don't currently use those, the idea that we would not know what that is and you're teaching yeah. us for the first time is so insulting and annoying and not funny at all. And I hear... The funniest people and the most interesting people make the, that joke all the time, and it drives me nuts. Like, the idea, like, I know what a gramophone is. I've never <laughs> used a gramophone. My parents have never used a gramophone in their life, but I still know what it is. Yeah. Like, it's just so, it's so, it's such a dumb joke, and I hear it so often that mm -hmm. I'm just sick of it, and I just have to tell the world, please stop <laughs> making these stupid technology jokes like I yeah. get it technology has been changing and it's really crazy and it's lightning fast and within the same generation nobody uses the same things anymore but we're aware of time passing yeah. <laughs> history yeah. like we're not idiots yeah that is Ugh. a great one I have another one that's similar to that which is when there's some techno babble happening and then another character <laughs> will whip around and say In speak English, English. <laughs> it's like all right, all right. <laughs> and some, and sometimes that. it's not even technobabble. It's like, yeah. I have to access his mainframe by typing in a password. Speak English! <laughs> it's like, that was pretty clear. Like, you know, yeah. she wasn't saying complete nonsense. Yeah, it's basically just like, all right, now dumb it down for our viewers yeah. that are over the age of 50. Yeah, it's like, it, I just, it makes me think, like, that everyone is Michael Scott from The Office. There was this great scene in The Office years ago when, when he, like, they had a surplus in the budget. And, of course, Michael's an idiot, and he was like, explain it to me like I'm a 12-year-old. And the guy explains <laughs> it to him, and he still doesn't get it, he goes... Explain it to me like I'm a six-year-old. <laughs> and I feel like that's what these people are saying every time they say, damn it, speak English. It's like, yeah. explain it to me like I'm a child. <laughs> yeah, I wish that they literally, whoever, whatever character has to say the line, speak English, I wish they just had to say, I don't get it. Or, yeah. I don't understand, because I would feel so much better about it knowing that there are people out there that don't get it. <laughs> yeah, or they could just be like, wait, what? I wasn't yeah. listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I Perfect. think I think that's what it is, is like the the idea that the character probably just tunes out. Like they're, it's not like they're not making an effort to mm. they're just not making an effort to to like pay attention and like be like, okay, I, I get the idea of what she said. Like it, it's sort of irrelevant for me to really even know the details of what she's doing. You yeah. know? <laughs> it's just yeah. But <laughs> it's just that's oh, yeah. I'm with you on that one. one. That's, that yeah. is, that one drives me nuts. Um, um, oh, I have another big one on my list, yeah. which is cops who just can't follow the rules <laughs> <laughs> and there are like no consequences. So oh, they'll yeah. get their badge and their gun removed for whatever reason. And then they'll go out and they will be a vigilante for a while. And then after solving this crime or writing some wrong, mm -hmm. they'll get their badge and their gun back yeah. and there won't be any internal investigation. And yeah. And it's always with like an apology too. Like we should have trusted you, man. Or, yeah. Like, yeah. 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 You're yeah. the best. <laughs> <laughs> which I think is just, so dumb. And I was excited because uh, the most recent episode of Jane the Virgin, spoiler alert, mm -hmm. uh, Michael gets caught doing things that are not legal and he gets, I think, fired is how this episode sort of yeah, left it. Yeah, it was Definitely. honestly kind of vague. Like, if I was him, I would, I would like, because they were like, turn in your badge and gun. I would be like, okay, but 
what's happening? Like, am I fired? Yeah. Like, am I yeah, suspended? Yeah. <laughs> like, what's yeah. going on? Like, can I get it writing? You know, sort mm-hmm. of thing. Like, am I on yes. paid leave, unpaid leave? Like, it was just like, <laughs> bye. <laughs> Yeah, it's the same problem. It's just like real life. I guess we're not watching real life, whatever. But still, it's like and now people take this into the real world. And I think this is how the real yeah. world is like with CSI and you know, DNA testing. It's um, it's all the same problem where it's so unbelievable. Right. <laughs> like I love SBU so much and I'm enjoying yeah. every episode. But the speed at which they analyze DNA is mm-hmm. the most insane. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it's literally within like 30 minutes or like 10 minutes. They're like, all right, let me put the DNA in. Let's watch the computer work. Yep. And we have a hit. Like, what? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. But like, I'm oh, fine I- with it because the rest of the story works really well. And who really cares? Yeah. But yeah. it's so unbelievable. I think it's just like a major problem for that whole genre of TV because you also have like CSI where the CSI field investigators are doing all this work that uh-huh. is definitely not their job. Like yeah. they're interrogating people, which never would happen. And yeah. and just like there, every cop show like that has all of these things embedded in it that yeah. are unbelievable. Uh-huh. <laughs> even, even just yesterday I was watching iZombie, which is, you know, not yeah, yeah. a really serious cop show. But, you know, at, at one point, I remember the detective saying, like, hey, I'm going to bring in that suspect tonight. You should come for the interrogation. And she's like, I'm busy. And I was like, how can you bring that guy in tonight? Like, you have to, if he's not under arrest, you have to, like, call him and be like, can you come in? And he'll be like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe, like, next Wednesday. And the next yeah. Wednesday rolls around and you're calling him and he's like, oh, can we do it next Friday? And yeah, then like this the happens jinx. for, like, months and months. <laughs> and, like, that's what really happens with detectives calling suspects if they can't arrest them. Mm-hmm. You can't just bring a guy in and be like, come on down to the station. And they'll be like, I'll yeah. drop everything. All right, see you there. <laughs> I'll like, be there. Yeah, yeah, or, like, yeah, and with DNA, it's the same thing. You know, you send it up to the state lab six months to a year later, mm-hmm. you get a hit. Yep. You know. And uh, the other one on my list that fits in here is the Zoom Hants. Where people just <laughs> zoom in on that. Now enhance it. Yeah. And just like, or when they okay. do that with their own vision. Like when they yeah. just zoom in. Like there have been so many times where I think I can't make out a person's face until they're like at least like 10 feet from me. Anything mm-hmm. more than that. And I can't tell who they are. Like I was just yeah. walking along the street the other day. And I was like, oh, here comes a young lady who with a cool alternative haircut and a nice outfit. Like, I, I, I like, appreciate that. And then I walk five more feet and I go, oh, no, that's not an alternative haircut. That's just, like, a mom haircut. And I walk a little closer <laughs> and I go, she's 45. <laughs> like, it took me until I was three feet away from her before I actually knew what she looked like. The idea that people could be, like, looking out their window and be like, mm-hmm. ah, I see him. There's the suspect now. It's like, what? That looks like a blob. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I also sometimes, like, will test myself and I try and remember, uh, like, license plates that, mm-hmm. of cars that mm-hmm. go past me. And I'm like, two seconds later, I'm like, forgotten the yeah. whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what's happening. Uh-huh. <laughs> There are yeah. times where I can't even read people's bumper stickers and I'm the car behind them, like stopped at a light, yeah. and they're, the text is so tiny. First of all, just who are those for? Okay, I'm sorry, I'm getting way <laughs> off topic. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, amazing. <laughs> Just a giant takedown of bumper stickers. Yeah. <laughs> Make the text readable. Okay. Uh, um, oh, okay. This is one that I I know that we haven't we haven't talked about. Uh, I was about to say Skyfall. Um, Spectre. Mm-hmm. On the air, but the thing, one of the things that really bugged me about that was the this new villain being introduced who has been secretly behind everything for years, but doesn't like at least in this one, and and I've seen this trope many times where it's like he's like it was me behind all of that, but it's like normally it's backed up with like a flashback to him like unscrewing a bolt or something, you know, like <laughs> him being yeah. behind it. And this one, yeah. they, literally, he was just like, it was me. And we're like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're just yeah, supposed yeah, to yeah. take your word for it. Like, he could say <laughs> that. He could be like, 9-11, that was me. Like, <laughs> he could have said anything. And, and the idea that we're supposed to then muster up more, like, emotions about him because of that, like, mm-hmm. it just doesn't work if you don't show me the receipts, basically. Yeah, and that also, I think, is a disservice to some, like, the previous villains that haven't been behind it. Like, mm-hmm. the ones that you thought were the bad guys the whole time, and then, really, they've just been lowlifes working for the big bad guy. Yeah. And, and then that sort of cheapens everything you felt for the last villain. Yeah. Because I feel like that has definitely happened on, in, like, Batman movies or Arrow. Yeah, or something I, like that I've where, seen that trip a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is a bad one, I guess. I, I don't know if that bothers me as much as you, but <laughs> <laughs> I can see how that would get annoying if you're watching a lot of the same genre yeah. and you see it again and again and again. And I, I um, can just, I can put up with it more if you show me the receipts, you know? Yes. If you yeah. show me them being in charge and you make it make sense, you know, if, if you, if you reveal rela- connections and relationships between him and those other villains and like whatever... But this one just felt mm-hmm. so just, like, added on the last second sort of thing, and and just unnecessarily so, to, to, no, to no real effect, in my opinion. So whenever yeah. that happens, when it's just, like, when, when they don't back it up with anything, it just feels kind of lazy. I'm now trying to remember if that happens in Fast and Furious. I think it does. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Because the Shaw brothers yeah. sort of were, the cartel in the fifth movie is in is right like Michelle Rodriguez dying was a part of them right. like it was people yeah, yeah. under them and stuff but at least yeah. they did go back and talk to the people who they thought were responsible and they're like it was under his orders or whatever so mm. it bothered me less it still was kind of ridiculous you know? yeah yeah. But yeah, and then that's a point where it gets like too timey wimey, where everybody's connected and like yeah. nobody has autonomy at all. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then and then you just keep thinking, well, three movies from now, someone else is going to reveal to be in charge of the Shaws, you know? Mm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. Um, one on my list that isn't really very popular anymore, but if you go back and watch stuff from our childhood, was all over the places she's all batting a girl Mm -hmm. (laughs) so when you take a ugly duckling and you turn her into a beautiful swan and Mm -hmm. like that happened in the princess diaries and and she's all that and i feel like every tv show i ever watched growing up had it like topanga sort of had that in boy's world and it happened to uh a lot of girls like the smart girl taking off her glasses and yeah yeah And I feel like it set up this idea that, oh, the reason why the people that we like don't notice us or think of us that way is just because we haven't had our makeover yet. 
you know? Right. And right. like, we just have to take off our glasses and let down our hair. And then our crushes yeah. will automatically do that thing where they look at us and go, oh, and they like see you for the first time. Like, yeah. I feel like that really fucks with teenage girls and like yeah. their ideas. And it's something that has staying power because mm-hmm. I went out with my classmates a few weekends ago and the uh, one of the girls in my class, like I wore makeup and I wore my going out glasses. Yeah. And she walked in the door and like the first thing she said to me was, I've never seen you wear makeup. Oh my God. Yeah. And, and I was like, is this a good thing? Are you, are you critiquing my makeup? (laughs) Do you think I should wear makeup all the time? Like just instantly on guard. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. (laughs) Just like, yeah. Watching my mom get as excited as she did when I would like have my hair, when I would do my hair back when I had Mm. hair. And, like, if I were to wear something slightly girly, like, her excitement levels, just, like, mm. I, because I, I now know, like, what I wear and how my mother would react to how, yeah. I, like, what I would wear and stuff like that. And it, it's, it is true, but, like, mm. you know, it, it is mostly set up by these tropes that we keep seeing that, you yeah. know, all you have to do is just wear one nice outfit and then everything will just change. <laughs> yeah. Your life will be great after that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just keep it up. You know, remember everything they told you when they were giving you your makeover so that you can do that every day, spend hours mm-hmm. doing your hair every mm-hmm. single day. You've set up, yeah. you've set up the standard. And if you at one point wear sweatpants, he's not going to be interested anymore. Yeah. And <laughs> interestingly, that girl that told me that like, I was, Oh my God, you're wearing makeup. Since then I have, like, she's been to class a couple times and hasn't worn makeup because she's been late or mm-hmm. because she's been sick and stuff. And I find myself judging her because I'm like, oh, you didn't put makeup on today. Yeah. Girl, <laughs> girl, you don't look very good today. <laughs> like, this is exactly what happens to women all over right? all the time when they decide I'm not going to wear makeup and people think they look Ill. sick yeah. and gross. Yeah. I'm like, so does that mean I'm doing the right thing by not even wearing makeup ever? <laughs> right. <laughs> or, and I just feel terrible about myself, it's, and then I feel terrible for thinking that about her. And yeah, it's a very tangled web. Yeah, for sure. it it just feels like with makeup it feels like such a trap too, because it's like people don't really want you to. They only want you to wear makeup that that looks like you're not wearing makeup. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. And then once you have enough makeup where people are like, I noticed that she's wearing makeup. That's like then that's bad. You look fake. You know? It's yeah. like it's such this like needle that you have to thread. It's just. It's insane this the standard yep. that you have mm-hmm. that you have to meet. Yeah. And related to this is in TV shows like Game of Thrones and et cetera, et cetera, when they have like shaved armpits and <laughs> are clearly wearing makeup and you're sitting there thinking, What the hell? You are living in a pre industrial society. Right. How have you all gotten razors? Yeah, and where'd you buy the mascara? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. So that's, I think that's another thing that really bugs me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I have, uh-huh. oh, I was going to say, I have one more big one on my list. Okay. I was going to say, speaking of Game of Thrones, I was going to say oh, yes. deaths or rapes purely for shock value and for yep. no other reason that just or to kills teach me. a man a lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Or to, mm-hmm. you know, make a man learn about, you know, that he should value women or something like some misguided crazy thing but just yeah even just death like i mean rape for shock value is 
the most offensive thing that you could possibly do. But even more yeah. common I'm seeing now is, is because of the popularity of Game of Thrones and whatever, that whole idea of anyone can be killed, so now every, every show wants to recreate that. But mm -hmm. then they just do it because, like, wouldn't this really, like, fuck with you? Shake things up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. Wouldn't this, like, really be depressing? And it's like, yeah. okay, but what did narratively we gain from that? You know? And right. I'm, I just, I'm so excited for this little era, this little blip in time of anyone can be killed. I'm so excited for that to be over so that we can get back to deaths that mean something. Sure, we can keep yeah. the main characters and stuff can be killed, but, like, let's make it worthwhile, you know? Yeah. Let's and make for it... there to be, like, a mourning process. Yeah. Like, let's and... let's make that death mean something. And, and, yes, sometimes the world is a bleak, terrible place where death was meaningless and, you know, everything yeah. is futile and everything, whatever. Yes, you can have that every so often, but if that's going to be every death, like... What is the mm -hmm. point of watching your depressing show? Yeah. <laughs> if, but that, if, yeah. yeah, if three seasons in, the entire cast has been replaced, you know? Yeah. Like, and that makes me think of like the West Wing did a really good job with that because the two most significant deaths on that show, spoiler alert for the West Wing, <laughs> <laughs> were missing Mrs. Landingham, mm -hmm. who was out of nowhere, you know, just died in an accident and, yeah. that, and w affected everybody. Yeah. And then, when John Spencer died in real life mm -hmm. at the end of the show, like it changed the entire narrative of the show mm -hmm. because he was no longer there. And they, you know, they had a very fine line to walk about like paying respect to him, but also continuing the legacy of the show and his character. Mm -hmm. And that was th those two deaths in that show were, I think fantastic, it, like so well done because they had such meaning. And if you look at other shows now, like so many times it is really like just what's the point and especially yeah. if it's a character that everybody loved like yeah. that happens on walking i assume dead. the walking dead all the time where yeah. it's like who's your favorite they're gone next yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and and it, but then at the same time it's like certain people can seem to be able to survive anything like certain mm -hmm. any certain death situation now it's like six seasons in or whatever and so then it becomes unrealistic if you kill all these other people, it becomes unrealistic to have people that don't die. Right. And so then right. it's just like, what are you watching anymore? You know, you're just watching these superhumans so that then by the time they're killed, you know, like the last person who was killed, who has been mm -hmm. on since day one, you would think like, well, he survived this much, you know, like mm -hmm. he can't just be taken down by something dumb, yeah. you know? And like, there was another death last week where like the whole episode was like a flashback or whatever and this guy was like a mentor to another character and his death was the dumbest thing I've ever seen there's like one zombie coming at them and he's like the one guy is like oh no I froze and so this guy instead of just killing the zombie pushes the guy out of the way and gets bit and it was just <sighs> like it was like what like you've been <laughs> living in this world for a certain amount of time you've been effective at killing zombies a certain amount of time like why was that your instinct? And and then it becomes, like, completely unbelievable that they died. And you just become angry right. about it. Yeah. And it's just those sorts of, like, deaths where it's like, wasn't that shocking? Or I bet that really motivated that character. Like, it just feels mm. gross. It just feels gross. Yeah. That, that you can hear, like, the creator saying that in your head. Like, yeah. did and I And I think that's also related to the whole nobody's really dead thing. Yes. Where... If they don't die on screen, they're definitely going to come back. Yeah. Or And it's a huge problem in Marvel now. Like, 
with starting with Phil Coulson, and I, and I think moving on from there, it's just like nobody's gonna be really dead. Like, yeah, everybody has the potential to come back in Arrow if there's some magic element that we didn't know about at the start of the show, and they put it in there, and you're like, oh wait, oh what does this mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then it cheapens, even if it was death that was super meaningless and you hated and you lost a character you loved, when they do come back for this dumb reason, then you feel even worse about it because mm-hmm. you cared. Yeah. You cared when they died. Yeah. And you were affected even if those characters aren't on the show weren't. Yeah. And then they bring back your character and it feels so cheap. You're like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> yeah. And especially with Arrow right now, it feels even cheaper when you know about the spinoff. Mm-hmm. Like, if you were watching it and you had no idea that there was a spinoff featuring these particular characters, you would just yeah. be like, wow, I guess they just, like, really like those characters and they had to bring them back, you know? Yeah. Like, there was such an outcry at their death, maybe. But, like, no, you're just like, oh, they have to find a way to resurrect each one of these characters so they can have their own spinoff show. And mm-hmm. it, so then it feels even cheaper. It just feels, uh, it just feels gross. I mean, I... I love Sarah, so <laughs> I want her to be alive so badly, and, oh. but I also want her to be a series regular, and that's yeah. not happening. But nope. Sorry about that. Because I gotta get to that spinoff. I, and I don't, the thing is, I think, when is that spinoff happening? Like, yeah, January? Soon, isn't it? Probably yeah, mid-season. mid-season. Yeah. It is mid-season. That's why, yeah. that's why they're rushing it so much. Yeah. Yeah. Um... The last thing I have on my list is, and it's not the last thing that annoys me, it's just the last one I thought of, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, is in the insufferable or unrelatable genius. Mm. So you literally could just go down the list of, like, yeah. Sherlock, Elementary, House, Mom. and those are just the ones that are inspired by Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the idea, because he's so smart, he just doesn't understand people. It's like, mm-hmm. what? Big Bang Theory. And that, that's related to, like, Asperger's is unbelievable, yeah. and you can't relate to these people. And, yeah, it's like the autism. it's the autistic savant trope, which is just yes. offensive, honestly, at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's in Hannibal for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I think we should just get away from that because and mm-hmm. I I just think it's really damaging to a lot of real life people in the end, and it's not interesting because yeah. it's all the same. They're all the same. Well, and just, I'm just thinking now, how often do you see that portrayed in anything other than a white man? That's what I was just thinking. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm, I, like, I watched a couple episodes of that new show, Rosewood, who, where he's, mm-hmm. like, this, you know, super genius when it comes to solving crimes or whatever, but then he's also the most charming man in the world. Mm-hmm. And, because, like, if a, I'm trying to think of, like, if a woman was ever, like, a misunderstood genius, like... Bones? Bones, yeah. Yeah. Bones would count. Bones. Trying to think of other sort of unrelatable <laughs> girls. Maybe. Yeah. I feel like if there's any, like, tech girls that they could fit into that. I'm thinking of, like, maybe NCIS. Ziva was sort of that unreachable woman. Mm. She was foreign and had, and she always got colloquialisms wrong, you yeah. know? But then, does that become, like, alluring versus where it's with men? Well, I guess with men, they sort of pose it as alluring as well. Like, She was definitely supposed to be alluring. But I don't know if with men, if it's as alluring. I don't know. I mean, so many people are in love with Sherlock, but... Yeah, I guess are... it just depends on how handsome the, the lead actor is. 
Yeah. Because people aren't, like, falling all over the place for Johnny Lee Miller in elementary, are they? No, not to the same degree, for sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, Well, I have two more, which is sort of connected a bit, which is mm -hmm. characters having to explain plots because it's so convoluted or because the show just didn't, like, explain it well enough in the writing. Yes. So whenever, whenever you hear a character go, wait, back up, what's going on? You hear that <laughs> on the screen? Like, that's yeah. not a good sign. No. <laughs> like, like, just thinking about, like, Once Upon a Time, which I'm still mm-hmm. watching, by the way. Oh, God. No, Bless you. Bless no your heart. No <laughs> reason, really, why. Um, but <laughs> their plot is so convoluted that... It, like they don't even try anymore like they every every week is like a thousand flashbacks and like i think the last episode it was like a thousand years before king arthur and and you're like wait what and then you're trying to figure out like when king arthur was in this timeline of this show and then they were like and then it'll be like five years ago or like a hundred years ago and now it just says like a long time ago <laughs> like the idea that they're even they, that they would even try and t- place us in time and space is like thrown out the window at this point. It's just mm-hmm. like a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. You know, <laughs> here's the flashback to this character who is mysteriously uh, still alive. You know, oh it's just God. like it's just so convoluted and like to the point where you, you like characters don't even bother at this point being like, wait, what's going on? It's just like. <laughs> Let's just pretend like we know what's going on, and then whatever <laughs> happened three episodes ago is completely forgotten because who knows what that was, you know? Like, yeah. Like when I'll I'll sometimes read like fan fiction for Once Upon a Time, and the idea that these writers, like of the fan fiction, will remember things that happened three seasons ago, I'll be like, oh mm. my god, I totally forgot about Peter Pan being a bad guy <laughs> or whatever, like because it's so insane and the and the plot is so convoluted that like. How do you keep track of character development? How do you keep track mm-hmm. of, like, well, remember when she was under that spell, she did that thing, but she was under a spell, so, like, whatever. And so it's just, like, <laughs> I don't know who these characters are at this point. Like, I don't... Right. They've, I can't remember what bad things they've done, what good things they've done, what they've done, you know, under duress or whatever. And so when you have shows like that where it's just so convoluted all the time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's just, like... And with Doctor Who, too, with, like with Clara where they had that reset button or where she went through the timeline of all the doctors or whatever and everything is reset so often that I cannot remember what what's real what's real and what she remembers and what was pertinent to her development as a character because we've seen all of this stuff but I can't Mm -hmm. remember which we went back on you know Mm -hmm. yeah and so yeah so shows like that were so convoluted I just it drives me insane because um, all I ever want is just good character development and consistent yeah. character development, but uh, some shows yeah. just can't can't figure it out. And then people not telling others important information. So we've talked Ugh. about this before, you know, like not revealing the superhero identity and yes. stuff like that. Or just not saying, like, things that would be very important for that person to know because mm-hmm. it would just be more dramatic if they didn't know. And, like, that's the only reason, you know? Yeah. That's just not... A good reason and it just drives me nuts it's interesting too because that that was something that bothered me a lot when i watched buffy but they got away with it because they that show was made slash set in a time before everybody had a cell phone <laughs> and like now if you go and you watch teen wolf and there are people that don't know what's going on it's inexcusable because they have a cell phone 
with data oh on my it. God, so, true. <laughs> so it's I understand when in Buffy when they're like, we have to get to the other side of town to tell somebody something. Or, but in the world of Teen Wolf, where nobody knows what's going on, right? It's unreal, unreal. Or, or <laughs> even just the idea that they have cell phones so that, like, if a werewolf shows up on campus or whatever, they would film it with their phones, post it on YouTube, and then the entire yeah. school would be like, oh, werewolves are real. Like, yeah. we should be worried about this. Whereas, like, <laughs> Buffy, like, her mom didn't know that vampires existed for, like, three se- like two seasons or something. Yeah. And... Like, I just, the idea, when, whenever the reason is I have to protect them, mm-hmm, it just, mm-hmm. it's just, examine your life, people, because that is <laughs> not true. Like, them no. being in the dark will never protect anybody. And so when it's other really stupid reasons like that, where you just, it's like, and because what ultimately happens every time is that they find out. The people in their yep. lives find out. And most of the time, there's no catastrophic consequences. The only catastrophic consequences are, so you were lying to me for this long. Mm-hmm. That's what they're upset about. And so yeah. it's just, it's so dumb because ultimately everyone in your group or whatever will know everything. Yeah. And so when they take so long to tell people, in, important people in their lives, it just feels, it doesn't feel genuine, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. I was really happy this week with... Uh, the Flash when Joe just literally was like, all right, I'm going to go tell Iris all about this stuff that just happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the next scene was him telling her everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's how it should be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. 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 And is doing really well, too, where it's like Oliver is talking about his feelings and having mm-hmm. genuine conversations, and I love it. I love it. I never would have thought that Arrow started taking a turn, like a turn for the better before... Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> like, if I had to pick a show that we both mutually were were falling out of love with, I would never have thought that Arrow would have been the one to oh. course correct. And, you know, just like my friend said, it was like, when's the last time a show you were waiting for it to get better actually mm-hmm. got better? I was like, oh, yeah. gosh. But now I, I can, I mean, I don't want to speak too soon. Maybe there was mm-hmm. just a good run of episodes and they had a certain writer on that, you guess, writer, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. But... It's looking very promising. And I like the idea that writers could sit down, take stock of what they've done, take in some criticism, and adjust accordingly. I love that idea because it's such a beautiful idea. I don't know if it's actually true in any world, but I love that idea. It's nice to think about it that way, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so do we have a a way to wrap up our trope discussion? Something we want to say about tropes? I don't know. Um... Just retire just, these these particular tropes. Yeah. Or if any of our listeners write for TV <laughs> shows that we have mentioned, <laughs> please never make anybody say speak English again. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Unless you really want somebody to speak English. Like if Jane's mom, no, Jane's grandma on Jane the Virgin was speaking in Spanish and she needed to speak in English to get her green card. <laughs> and they say, speak English, grandma, abuela. <laughs> and she... That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> uh, and even then, <coughs> oh, sorry. Even then, that's a little rude to yell speak is. English at someone. Yeah. You know? She's trying her hardest. Like, she's <laughs> bilingual. That's pretty badass. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, do you have any recommendations for me? I do, and this has been, I think I wanted to recommend this to you, like, three weeks ago when I, when I was watching it. Um, mm-hmm. I guess I'm still watching it, though. Um, but... 
It's this show from the 90s that my friend Arnaldo recommended to me, and I didn't think I would love it as much as I do, but I love it. Um, so it's called Sliders, and it okay. stars Jerry O'Connell. I don't know oh, if God. you remember who that is. I do, I do. Um, <laughs> which, in the 90s, you know, he kind of had it going on, I gotta say. Yes. Like, he was looking real good. He's looking good at sliders, <laughs> I gotta say. Like, he had that 90s hair where, you know, you, it's parted in the middle and you brush your hand through it and you're just oh, like, yeah. oh, oh, my stars. <laughs> I don't know, there's something about him in this show where I'm like, oh, what is the deal? Anyway, um, but the premise of sliders is that he is this brilliant, um, like, grad student or whatever, and physicist, and he creates a wormhole to another alternate universe mm-hmm. and and it's just it's like and so every episode is they go to a different alternate version of well they live in san francisco so pretty much oh. san francisco um and it, it's so every episode is like a new universe a new story and it's always it's like a new thought experiment basically it's like what happens if there was one where it's like if the russians took over after world war ii or what if there were ugh, the one that really kind of bugs me, and I would not recommend this one, but because it could have been a really great thought experiment, which was all the men died in a virus except for a, like a handful, mm-hmm. and so the world is run by women. That could have been an amazing, empowering, super awesome episode. It was not. <laughs> so, oh, no. but there's so many interesting ones. Like, what if they had never invented penicillin or whatever? Like, there's just so many interesting thought experiments every time, and it. It was the 90s, so it is a little episodic in the sense that you keep... There's sometimes where, like, big things happen, and then episode ends, and you're like, again, again, next one, next one, and you go the next one, and you think, like, their whole lives are going to be changed because that last episode, and they're not yeah. really. Yeah, um, yeah. Because it is very episodic, but it's so de- it's so delightful, and it's, like, it's him, this woman um, that he worked with, he works with at, like... At the, like a basically Best Buy, she comes on the adventures, and this like, like, like R and B singer who gets accidentally comes in the travels with him, and then his professor, played by John Rhys Davies, mm-hmm. um, who's great, and and it's like they because they screwed up or whatever, they're they're trapped and they can't get back to their their original uh, home, their like home universe. Yeah, yeah, and. It's so crazy because sometimes the difference between the universes can be like the Golden Gate Bridge is blue. Like that's the only <laughs> difference. And so they like they'll think like we we found it, we got home, we finally did it, and then you realize that they didn't. Or you know, like it's just and so it's it's great and it's just so it's so fun and like because every, every episode is different. So you're like, what's it gonna be next time? Yeah. <laughs> and so and it's what's all on some, Netflix. It is. Oh, yeah. American Netflix. Um. How many seasons are there? There's like five seasons, I think, but oh, wow. everyone is a different length. Like the first season is like nine episodes. The next one is like 13. I think they get longer and longer each season, weirdly. Uh-huh. So I think I'm on like season three or four at this point. Um, three, I think, because he has a new haircut. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's uh. just really fun. And I love the idea of just alternate universes because they're not, they're not traveling through time. They're not traveling through space it's just mm-hmm. a different version of yeah. their own home and then of course they'll run into their their doppelgangers their you know their doubles in that world and, and they're like right. well what happened mm-hmm. if I made these different choices I just I love that sort of mm-hmm. thing so it's just it's very enjoyable 
I love that. I will definitely check that out because I do love a good AU. Yes. Oh, <laughs> and one more thing is because it is in the 90s, you would think like, oh, the outfits are horrendous. But mm-hmm. no, I just think most popular culture of the 90s just misrepresented what we wore in the 90s. <laughs> his pants are like really like they they're like basically like skinny jeans they're like slim fit jeans you know like mm-hmm. nobody wears neon everyone <laughs> everyone looks perfectly reasonable like certain outfits are like i would wear that today like so mm-hmm. it's not like aggressively 90s so okay that's, that's good that makes it even more watchable i think <laughs> <laughs> uh well i have two uh recommendations for you one for now and one for later so my one for later is a book because it'll take you a while to read everything mm-hmm. but um it's called carry on by rainbow rowell uh-huh. and i read it in four days <laughs> <laughs> i figured you would like this book yeah i definitely like this book <laughs> so if anybody doesn't know rainbow rowell is the author of eleanor and park which is very uh well known and is getting a movie version soon um oh, wow. and yeah, and Fangirl was her... What else? Attachments and Landline are her books. And I've read all of her books so far. And so uh, Fangirl was centered around this girl in college who was in love with a book series. And the book, the character, main character of the book was Simon Snow. And it was sort of like a Harry Potter-esque yeah. book. And so Rainbow Rowell has written the last book of that imagined series and it's called carry on and it was so well done (laughs) because you haven't read all six books in the series before this or whatever but it's the way she crafted it from the very beginning you're you're just like i get it i'm on board i understand the premise and i it's been a really long time since i read fangirl so i didn't remember anything about it except for that this girl loved these two male characters and she wanted them to end up together. And I was so surprised because there's a really kick-ass, like Hermione-esque character. But, you know, it's very similar to Harry Potter and how it's done, but it, and it's nowhere near as complicated or anything, but I had so much fun reading it because it felt like I was reading another Harry Potter, really, just like a little bit different. And I really, really enjoyed it. So... I would definitely recommend to get that. Um, But my one for now is something that I'm so excited about. And I have literally (laughs) spread it to everybody that I love. So the two two girls that sit next to me in class now have this. And my two friends that I used to work with at a theater now have this. It's it's an app. Okay. And it's called Nico Etsume. And it's from Japan. Uh And it's like a Tamagotchi. (laughs) But it's the best version possible of Tamagotchi because it's uh, it, you have a little garden and you can put out toys and stuff and cats will come to visit your garden. And they never die and they never get upset. They just come to visit and you can just take pictures of all the cats. And it sounds really dumb and it, it sounds really pointless and it kind of is. But it ha- has brought me so much joy <laughs> over the past week. I've had so much fun. And I now send pictures, like screenshots of my cats to all my friends that have it. And we just trade back and forth like, oh my god, Tubbs, Tubbs has come to visit me. <laughs> like, 
because all the cats have names and they have personalities and stuff. And so, like, I have a running conversation with my classmates here about Snowball and how she's super dependent. (laughs) (laughs) And if you get this app, you too can join in this huge conversation about Snowball and all these other cats. (laughs) Wow. So... I am heartily recommending it because I know you work, you know, with pets a lot, but uh-huh. these pets are the greatest pets you will ever pet sit, so. Okay, well, I'm just glad that you have something that you get to bond with your new classmates with and you become mm-hmm. good friends this way. I like that. It's amazing. Yeah? It's it's so amazing. <laughs> wow. I'm going to start, even if you don't get this app, I'm still going to send you screenshots of these cats. I've been that's waiting fine. all week to tell you about this app so I can send you these photos. Yeah, maybe that's what will get me into it. You send me the photos, I'll be like, well, I mean, just the fact that you said there was a cat named Tubbs, that's, <laughs> that's pretty cute. Like, that's pretty intriguing to me. Tubbs, Tubbs is so fat. <laughs> <laughs> The only thing Tubbs does is come in and eat all the food oh, <laughs> that you put out. Tubbs, so, a cat after my uh, own heart. God, it's so great. It's so great. Yeah. Uh, speaking so. of cats, I have to go cat sit a cat named Bobby soon. So Bobby. Yeah. Good He's name for a cat. Adorable. He plays with water like a crazy person. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, there's a cat in my app named Fred. <laughs> I love it when people give animals human names. Me too. I think it makes them very just like distinguished. Yeah. You know? <laughs> great it's yeah. great well um, Zach has has nothing for us this week because <sighs> I always forget to warn him or and myself apparently as well because I was an hour late this <laughs> yeah, morning you were late <laughs> uh, well at least he's not the only one we can blame this time yeah so yeah it's always me as well well uh I guess we should just end on tubs yeah <laughs> tubs 